Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 183 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Joanne Wardle. Joanne lives in Leeds, which is in Yorkshire, England, and she is a radiographer. Welcome, Joanne. Hi. I'm really glad to be here. (laughs) I'm so glad to have you. Nice to see you face-to-face. You're a member of our community, so I've gotten to know you there. I always love to put a face with a name. Yeah, and it's different to just seeing photographs, isn't it? (laughs) Well, I know, because on the screen, your your photo is tiny. (laughs) (laughs) And now that I'm so old, I just see colors unless I have on my reading glasses. But it is always nice to to meet someone face to face. So you know I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, it was actually this podcast. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah, I was had made the decision and the longer version of my answer will obviously come to this, but I'd made the decision that I needed to lose some weight. I'd reached a weight I wasn't happy with. And I often have trouble falling asleep. So I like to listen to podcasts just to sort of doze off to. I thought I should sort of combine that with a, a weight loss podcast. So I thought I just Googled good weight loss podcast and I wish I could find where I'd actually it popped up. But I remember seeing the words delay, don't deny. Wow. And I thought, oh, that sounds good. That sounds like something I'd done previously and had success with. And I thought, right, I'll listen to that. And I was hooked from the minute I listened to the first one. And then that was in November 2019. I started at the beginning of November. However, I didn't start clean fasting until the 13th of November. And I remember it very clearly. It was it because you weren't sure, you didn't know. I hadn't picked that bit up from the podcast straight okay, away. Okay, that's what I figured. <laughs> yeah. And then when I, I thought, oh, right. And I'd been doing everything except I'd been having Diet Coke. Because Diet ah. Coke, it's got no calories. Why would that Well, matter? you know, that's right. <laughs> and, you know, with those of us with the history of diets, you know, we relied on diet sodas to kind of get us through, right? That's it. And I would buy a big Little packs, did we know. Yeah, big yep. packs of cans of Diet Coke and I'd have one at lunchtime. And then I would, as you say, white knuckling it through the rest of the mm-hmm. day. And the day I went, oh, right, get rid of this, switched it out for a black coffee. I was away and I never looked back awesome. from that day. <laughs> That really is great because you know, I know it makes a huge difference. And if we can just get people to try it, oh, huge they'll, they'll realize. Huge difference. <laughs> so you just started right off as soon as you heard about it. You're like, I'm ready. Yeah, it just made so much sense. Previously dabbled with um, 5-2. I'd had success. I combined that with all sorts of other bits and bobs. I had lost weight previously and got down to a, a goal. But it was hard because I... Again, there was no clean fast in the 5-2. It was, you have 500 calories and you do what you like with those 500 calories. And my 500 calories were nicely spread out of the day in cups of tea. Because this is... Yes. When you're British, the cup of tea is very, very important. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I remember when the 5-2 came... Well, I guess it was not too far long after it came out. I, of course, was always looking for something, you know. Mm. But it it came out of England. England is where 5-2 was born, Michael Mosley. And he came up with the 5-2 plan, and it worked really well for him. And it was two 500-calorie days. And then the rest of the, de- the time, you just, you know, quote, eat normally, yeah. right? And <laughs> I never lost any weight on 5-2. <laughs> and those two days were hard. Yeah. Well, actually, it never quite worked because you're like this. I um, would manage to get through the day and I would have the cups of tea, which did not make it hard, but it still sort of worked. It made me hangry. Right. <laughs> it was hard. I'd get to and I could go all day and I'd be absolutely fine. Then I would sit down in the evening start my 500 calorie meal and go oh no we're not stopping at 500 calories Mm -hmm. and I would eat so I could go all day without eating and then I would eat in the evening and then I'd go oh I failed I'll do it again tomorrow it's like (laughs) What does that sound like? <laughs> you had an eating window. I had an eating window. <laughs> Every day. Yeah. That's how it was for me, too. I can remember when I was trying to do it. And the first book that I read, I think, that was about an alternate daily fasting approach was Dr. Johnson's Up Day, Down Day, something or other. I can't remember the exact name. Have you heard of that one? I've he- have I heard I'm... you mention it, but I've not read it yet. But it was, it was all calories. And it was, you know, one day was your low calorie day, and the next day was your up day, and down day, up day. But the same thing. I would, every t- 
time I was on a down day, I'd, I'd be like, well, blew that one. I guess tomorrow will be a down day. Yeah. <laughs> it was hard. And it didn't twig at all. But because I wasn't no. clean fasting then, because I was having my cups of tea with milk, it was still very, very hard. So although I did lose weight doing that and combined it with other days of low calorie, although... I don't know how to count calories. You'll be proud of me for that. I, I know <laughs> it's the, not easy. No, no. So I would just, you know, not enjoy it. So when I got to the end of it and got to my goal, I had finished. You know, I had mm-hmm. reached goal. So I just started eating normally again. Then the weight crept back up again. I have now been doing IF since say, November 2019 and going strong. And I have been in maintenance for a year and it's still easy. I mean, my windows have changed. I love it. A lot. (laughs) But it does. You know, my windows, they've changed over the seasons of my life, whether I was teaching, you know, I had a different window then versus now that I work from home versus when I have a podcast like today, I haven't eaten yet. I'm waiting (laughs) to open my window. (laughs) We definitely love that it's flexible over time. Yeah. So when you started, how much weight did you want to lose? Well, I didn't weigh myself for a very long time because I have a complicated diet history, which Mm -hmm. I have mentioned to you. As a teenager, I was anorexic for just a brief period. And I know that IF is not recommended for people with a past medical history of anorexia. But to my credit, I didn't realize that because I hadn't read the book. (laughs) Well, I want to put in a a little disclaimer here for anyone who has gone through, you know, an eating disorder. I imagine at the time when you were a teenager, you probably went through counseling. I actually didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't get, it wasn't severe. I managed to counseling with my GP. um, I had a friend who was very supportive and we worked through it and it never got severe. I never got like hospitalized or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But it is important to acknowledge it even when it's mild so that you... What made you think or realize that you had a problem? Did you just realize it or was it like a parental kind of a thing? It was my friend who was very protective of me and she knew what I was doing and she knew I was lying to her about when I was eating and, you know, and she made me look at pictures of myself and, you know, because you only see it in pictures, you know, that Oh yeah. either way, whether the way it's on or the way it's off, you only see it in pictures. And she made me look at them and, you know, and it, it was tough, but, you know, we... We got through it and, you know, now, I mean, it's 30 years ago. I'm now 50 and that was back when I was 18 and I have never, ever relapsed. That's fat. See, yeah, I think that's huge. You recognize that you were, I think you were heading down that path Mm. of, but you were not so far down it that it was, you needed medical treatment. So for anyone who has been, you know, if you've been diagnosed, if you've worked with a counselor before, I would always say don't start intermittent fasting without talking to a counselor or your doctor or or, or be aware of the signs. And if you see yourself slipping into an eating disorder, you know know what kind of disordered behavior you had before, right, Joanne? And have someone who's looking after you. Now it's my husband. He's very supportive. He knows exactly what I eat. He laughs at how much I eat because I eat more than he does on some days. (laughs) Yeah, I'm more likely to eat things that I don't tell people than this. (laughs) Tell people I'm eating things that I'm not. I'm the opposite with that. But it's important to know the danger signs. And if you had seen them in yourself, you would have stopped. Oh, yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. But back to the original question about how much weight I had to lose. I didn't have any scales for quite a while. And I bought some scales because I realized I was putting weight on and I stepped on the scales at now it's 13 stone four which in your terms is 186 pounds okay so one of the first things I did because obviously in the UK we always talk in in stones and pounds right 
and this is a, this is a useful tip for people. You might want to do it the other way or switch to kilos. Switching to pounds, which I didn't understand, the numbers meant nothing to me in pounds, took away all the emotion from the numbers. Okay, that's a great tip. Yeah, it did. So they're just numbers now. They don't mean anything to me. They're just numbers to... I'm kind of getting my head around them now. So I can talk So Okay, so just to explain it, and for anyone who missed what we're talking about, Joanne was used to weighing herself in stones. Yeah. And you had a lot of emotion tied up with numbers. Yeah. And so you switched to weighing in pounds. Yes. And because you didn't have a connection, like 186 was just a number, Mm -hmm. then you no longer felt stressed out about the number. That is a great, great tip. Yes, it really helped me. I switched my scales, so my scales weigh in pounds. They don't show me in stones anymore. It's really useful. So I stepped on at 186 pounds, which I was shocked because I had never... And how tall are you? I'm five foot nine. Okay. Which I know is not a lot to a lot of people. It was put me in the overweight, put me... Trying to think how many pounds it was, but a good stone <laughs> into right, the overweight. Right. The only time I'd ever weighed anywhere near that was I'd weighed 13 stone, so that's uh, 182 pounds, I believe, when I was pregnant with my second child, when just before I gave birth. So, and he was a very big baby. My, he was 11 pound 11 ounces. Oh my gosh, that is a big baby. So I was carrying, I was big then, and I right. was now weighing more than that. And it was like, that's time to do something about you it. You know, you're right. With, with my first baby, I only got up to 163 because I weighed like 123 the day I got pregnant. I was little. I had just been dieting and then I got pregnant. And then, but so 163 was my pregnancy weight. But with my second, I was well in the 180s yeah. for me. And I'm only 5'5. Five, five. And so then when I finally got above that and I wasn't pregnant, I'm like, oh no, I am above the weight <laughs> that I was when I was pregnant. With Will was nine pounds, five ounces, and he was two weeks early. Oh, wow. So he, he was going to be a big one he was was a big one but (laughs) so I get it you were heavier than your pregnancy weight yeah so my first goal and this is another I think a great tip that I did my first goal was just to I like a lot of people to be back into the not overweight by BMI and so that would be 12 stone which I've forgotten what it is now in pounds but um (laughs) because I can't remember and then I would set goals below that and I had a spreadsheet I really love numbers <laughs> so I actually have a degree in maths as well as my degree in radiography because I love numbers so much I love when when you say maths oh, oh yeah sorry yeah <laughs> math yeah maths oh, yeah. I do love it though okay yeah. degree in maths yeah I love numbers too <laughs> so I I have a spreadsheet and it has mm-hmm. all the different sort of little goals that I had so there was you know just to be no longer overweight and then seven pounds below that to be nice and safe within that and then sort of little little goals all sort of three or four pounds apart and each time I hit one of those goals that was the only goal I was aiming for one at a time yeah if I got lower than that great but that was the one I was aiming for that was to to celebrate I'm there right now we keep going with new goal yeah new goal so you didn't have like one huge goal like I'm gonna lose 60 pounds instead you were like I'm gonna have little mini goals along the way but all those goals were set out but each one of them I would have been happy to if I stopped at that point. And I gave them okay. little names. There was the one which was £140, pounds, which I called my crazy goal. 
because I was like, no way was I ever going to get down to that. I hadn't seen that weight in such a long time. So I was like, I was not going to get down to that. You know, I'm 50. You don't lose weight when you're 50. You know, it's, <laughs> it's normal to keep your weight on. That's menopause and all those kind of things. So I was never going to get there. So it was my crazy goal. So I weighed in this morning, but I do do weekly things, but Monday is you know, the beginning of the week, so I haven't got an average yet for this week. I weighed in this morning at 136 pounds. So I am wow. below my crazy goal. I love that. And this is my cutoff. I have now on my thing, everything below that is now red. I am not allowing myself to go any lower. And that's Perfect. part of my tied in with my history and it's very much red mm -hmm. you do not go below that you don't want to be underweight I do not want to be underweight and I'm not underweight I am you know I am still 10 or something pounds within right the, the normal yeah. BMI so I I'm nowhere near but I have set that thing that this is a good weight for me that I am happy at and I have I love that no intention of going any lower I love that you know if we look at our bodies and find flaws I mean you know I've got flaws I've got things that are not perfect <laughs> there would never be a number that would make your body not no. have jiggly bits no, right yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to say okay I'm done yes yes but maintenance is fun so <laughs> it really is <laughs> so one of the reasons I asked if I could do this podcast was to have another goal because I'd run out of goals so it's like because <laughs> obviously it was probably about three months ago that I um I emailed you and it was like I'd like to maintain to that point and then once I'm up here I would feel like I'm safely within maintenance because maintenance was scary to start off with right it's like how I mean, do I is. do that yeah <laughs> maintenance is scary I mean I can remember the very first time I ever thought of maintenance as scary I never had before even though I had yo-yoed all around I remember I was talking to my stepmother one day, and I had reached my goal through a crazy diet. This is in the past, crazy mm. diet time. And I'm like, I'm almost there. I think I hadn't reached yet, but I was almost there. I was like, I'm almost at my goal. She's like, well, the hard part isn't getting there. It's staying there. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> that was the first time that had ever crossed my mind. And of course, she was right. Yeah. Right? But not with intermittent fasting. No. I hadn't had trouble. But with every other thing I did, I never stayed there. And neither did I that time. I yo-yoed right back up. So... Once you get to your goal, you're terrified that you're going to yeah. regain all the weight because you always have before. Exactly, yeah. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. 
If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. I don't feel that I will at all. I'm having fun experimenting. I've, you know, changed my mind because my window right from the get-go was, I'm a late eater. I'm a grazer. So <laughs> like, I went straight to 24. And my window was between 6 and 10 in the evening because I am a very late eater. Mm-hmm. It was quite a good way to set it in that I did not eat before 6, which is when I got home from work, and I stopped eating at 10. So Sometimes I didn't start at six, sometimes I'd start at seven. And sometimes I'd be done by nine and go, oh, I've eaten quite a lot. So, you know, I would stop. You know, it just fell naturally into a good a good window So for you me. just had those boundaries. You yeah. had the, the 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. That was your boundary. That reminds me of Dr. Burt Hearing in his original Fast Five program. And he... His boundary was, I think he opened his window at 5 p.m. and he closed it at, you know, what was that, 10 p.m., 5 to 10 p.m. That was his Uh, eating window, 5 to 10. And so his boundary was start at 5, end by 10, but that didn't mean he ate nonstop for five hours, just like you. Sometimes you start later, sometimes you end sooner. But while I've been in maintenance, I've experimented more. I have been hungrier. I mean, part of that is to do with some the exercise I've been doing as well. So sometimes I'm hungry at lunch. Today I had lunch, which this reminds me, because, but if I have lunch, I don't graze. If I have lunch, I have lunch and I stop. And then I often tell myself, I've had lunch. I won't eat this evening. I've had lunch. I've had a big lunch. I won't eat this evening. Not once have I succeeded in doing that. That's me. <laughs> that is me. I, have, I am that person. It's just like, I, well, I find it easier to eat, go all day without eating than to do that. So it comes to getting home, I'm like, nah, I'm going to have something. I've got to have something. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> I could go all night and never eat and be fine. But once I eat, I'm like, all right, lunch is not a good window for me. <laughs> I'm like your Chad. If I do have lunch, I um, then don't eat again at all for the rest of the day until I get home and then I, I will eat my evening meal. But right. I don't say it's two windows. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they'll be like, my window is closed. I'm like, no, it isn't. That's not how it works. But okay. <laughs> I saw you eat that lunch. Yeah. <laughs> he has two windows. Like maybe it's like a door. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of door that has the top and the bottom, you know, the Dutch door. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've also experimented with this was a silly experiment because I've, I've read uh, a lot of books. I see them behind you, but I see mine. There's mine. Oh, yeah. All of yours. Yeah. Yes, I love it. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I experimented with bulletproof coffee. Oh, did yeah. you? I wanted to see what would happen. So I didn't have it during my fast. I had it to open my window because I, right. I, I and I thought, let's see if I have it with this, if my can wait longer to eat no (laughs) hungrier right absolutely I had that and I was just like nah I've got to eat straight away now so it just Mm -hmm. absolutely it just wakes up my appetite 
anything like that wakes up my appetite. Yeah. The only things that do not wake up my appetite are black coffee, <laughs> <laughs> plain sparkling water, plain regular water. That's and it. warm water. Yeah. Hot water. <laughs> yeah. I've got my sparkling right now. It's not warm water season quite yet here. Oh, we're, just get, we're just getting there now. I do like my warm water before I go to bed. Yeah, got, I like it too. Yeah. This is my new warm water glass. I have a... a oh, that's cute. <laughs> Every, I wish everyone could see it. It's, a, it's like a mug, but it's like made of glass. Yes. It's, it's pretty. <laughs> I love a pretty glass. I realized not that long ago that one reason I really loved to drink cocktails and wine was more about having it in a beautiful glass oh, yes. than actually what was in it. Yeah. I do still drink alcohol, but mm-hmm. it tends to be only on a weekend. I like beer and I like wine, but... What I have moved on to, and I know you've talked about this previously, is kombucha. Oh, yeah, it's yummy. Yeah, and I brew my own kombucha. You've got to start brewing it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't done it yet. Yeah, you have to. I'm like, I'm going to, but it just seems like it's so easy. so easy. In the moderator group, sent me some, and this was sourdough bread. You know, I I like to bake bread. She sent me sourdough bread starter, and I killed it. I'm like, if I can't keep sourdough starter alive, I'm afraid I would kill kombucha. Oh, I can't even keep plants alive. So I I have kept my um, kombucha alive. I even neglected it because it was my lockdown hobby. Okay. It was kombucha. And so I started it about a year year ago and it's still going strong I ignored it because I ended up brewing too much and I had too much to drink so I left it in, in a it's it has called a hotel where you put them all together <laughs> you put it all and just keep it in a hotel and just feed it a little bit of tea every now and again and then I was ready to start again this week and it's just started perfectly wow and do you add flavoring to it I do. What do you add to it so I use fruit it okay. works really well. It makes it nice and fizzy with fruit. Sometimes mm-hmm. a bit. Okay. Sometimes See, I would a like bit it too fizzy. <laughs> okay. You, is there a book that you would recommend for starting off or learning how to do it? Where should I start? I really would like to. I love fizzy things. Yeah. I started off this loads of stuff on the internet, of course. And then I joined some Facebook groups. I know you won't be doing that. Well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and even they get argumentative. It's about kombucha. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah. What do you have to argue about with kombucha, though? Oh, Lordy. gosh. Whether you need to keep the, the pellicle, bit that people call the scoby, but the scoby is actually the liquid, whether you need that when you brew in or not, whether okay. you can throw that out. Technique. Oh, whether you can use plastic or glass bottles. Oh, okay. if people will argue about anything. There's always something. <laughs> You're right. That's true. <laughs> I do not miss that. <laughs> I haven't used a book, but there is so much information on the okay. internet. So fizzy. I, want, I would like it to be fizzy. Oh. So fruit is your tip for that. Yes. What are your favorite combinations? Well, tonight I had watermelon. I'm not a melon girl. Oh, not? I love watermelon. I don't like any melon. Isn't that weird? Basically, any fruit you like, you can use. Okay. So Strawberries, oh, blackberries. Those yeah. are my favorite. Strawberries and blackberries together. I'm a berry together. girl. Ooh, I bet that would be Yeah, good. I did a mixed berry one. It was gorgeous. Yeah, so... Okay. <laughs> Lemon. I would like that. I'll try yeah. it. So, you know, you were just talking about that you're drinking less alcohol during the week, but you like beer. I have recently discovered non-alcoholic beer. I don't like the taste of non-alcoholic beer. It tastes chemical. I did not think I liked it either, but I have found one that I really like, Heineken 0.0. Okay. I will have I don't know if you can get that there. I will have a look. But, I mean, to me, I was like, why in the world would you even drink that? What's the point? <laughs> but now, <laughs> now that I am drinking a whole lot less, Heineken 0.0, it just really makes me feel like I'm having a beer. Mm. But it's, it doesn't have the alcohol. It doesn't bother me at all. I feel great after I drink it. And the thing about it is you don't want to drink, like, two or three. You just one and you've done. <laughs> I mean, I'm like that with beer anyway. That I, right. I'm quite happy to just have one drink. 
drink and right. and that's yeah. me done. Well, I'm not sponsored by Hanukkah Zero. Zero <laughs> <That's just> not yet. <laughs> me explain. Well, that would be fun. I could, I could get... <laughs> but the others are not as good. You know, when, when I've been places and I'm like, what do you have that's a non-alcoholic beer? And they they will, you know, some of them are just not very good. No, <laughs> You're right. They just taste, they taste of chemicals. And yeah. I really seem to be sensitive to the taste of them. So, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll see if I can get hold of that. And they're very low they totally alcohol. The ones that are like 0.5%, you know, really low alcohol ones. I like those. They're good. 0.5%? Yeah. Is that? Okay. I don't know what I've tried. Not very many. <laughs> <laughs> but I really didn't think I would like it because I do not like non-alcoholic wine. No. At all. No. All the wines that are non-alcoholic, I've tried. I bought some expensive ones. I guess they, they, they saw me coming on Instagram. I got an Instagram <laughs> ad for non-alcoholic wine. And I was like, well, I could try this. It's, they talked about how great it tasted like real wine, but no alcohol. No. Lies. <laughs> no. <laughs> when I do drink, it's dry farm wines, but it's just not very much of it. I just have to really watch it. Yeah. So you're just rolling along with a, a flexible eating window, and you said that today you had lunch. Yeah. And and then dinner. Yeah, and then another one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had lunch because I had a stir fry and rice at work, mm-hmm. and then I came home, made myself an omelet with samphire and mushrooms and tomato and some wedges on the side and then my husband made some lamb chops and this nice salad and some potatoes so I, was, I had some of that as well so love it <laughs> so you you've, you have more flexibility and maintenance you know that's the key yes you know that's what I found too and you said that you found that you were hungrier yes in maintenance yes mm-hmm. yeah definitely and it's learning to trust trust your body and if you're hungry eat and then there'll be other days where you're not and you've got to exactly you know actually listen and go am i hungry yes i actually am hungry so therefore i should eat so sometimes people will will get scared or frustrated they're like now i'm at maintenance and i'm hungry or what am i doing wrong it's like nothing yeah you just listen to your body your body is telling you because you know think about it to lose weight you're taking in less food than your body needs so your body draws on your fat stores yeah but once you no longer, because you got to get your energy from somewhere, once you're no longer intending to draw from your fat stores, yeah, you need more food to balance that out. And it's not as simple as calories in, calories out. We no, know that. But not. you do have to have that energy in balance, yeah. you know. And, so, and if you become more active, which that was one of the things, once you lose a weight, it's much easier to exercise. Yeah. So you're more inclined to exercise and then you use So you've weight. added more in now? Oh, yes. Well, this is, this is something else I can thank your podcast for. It was when I listened to Melissa Denny's podcast. Uh-huh. She's great. Yeah. And she was talking about running. And I've run in the past. I, I've only ever run to try to get thin you know and that's Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I was doing it for all the wrong reasons it's like I want to be thin and I want to do that I want to be able to eat by running and I want to outrun a bad diet which we as we all know you can't do but you cannot but she talked about why her and I don't I can't even remember what she said but something she said resonated so strongly with me about doing it for the right reasons and doing it to feel good that very day I was listening to it in the car on the way home from work and I was like I'm going to go for a run. And I got home. I put my stuff on. I downloaded um, the um, Couch to 5K app and I started Couch to 5K. Love that. That That is a great way to get started. Because I wouldn't know how to start if I was going to run. I mean, I'm not going to run everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more likely to make kombucha than I am to run. But... (laughs) 
But that would be a really great way to get started. Oh, it is. If for someone who's like really has always wanted to. Because just like with fasting, you don't start on day one and fast for 36 hours. No. You don't get up off your couch and run the 5K. No. You run for a minute on the first one. And it is so, it's still hard. And there's days when you do your first sort of continuous 20 minute run, you're like, I cannot do that. And then you do it and you go, oh my God, I'm so good. So you really start with like one minute. Yeah, one minute and then walking and then one other one minute of of running. It really is a slow start. And you can go back and keep doing the same weeks over and over Mm -hmm. again if you want. And then before I knew it, I was there. And now I do regular 5Ks. Wow. I do park run. You have park run in America, don't you? It's, I don't know what that is. Uh, people who know it will know what it is. A park run? Yeah. It started in London and it's a timed 5K, but it's not like chipped times. Everyone brings their barcode and it's all very informal and it's wonderful. And it's free and it's absolutely, and it's such a community. The one that I go to, shout out to Woodhouse Moor Park Run in Leeds, was the first park run outside of London. And now they are across the world. They're everywhere. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah, I haven't heard of it, but since I'm not a runner, (laughs) we could have them left and right. (laughs) And they're held in, as the name says, they're held in park. In a park. Yeah, so, and organized by volunteers, and it's um, fantastic. So I do those regularly now, and my time is, it's not great, but it's getting there, and it's getting faster, and I'm really proud of myself. I'm glad. I know that you are. Yeah. It feels good to have a goal, and then to meet that goal. I mean, I'm just like an odd. I've never been a runner, like I said, but... You know that saying, if you see me running, you better start yes. running too because something, something is chasing me. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, is my husband is a, a runner. He runs marathons mm-hmm. and half marathons all the time. And he's been trying to get me running for ages. And it's like, so nothing I've said has made any difference to you. <laughs> but you listen to one podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that, sounds, that reminds me of Chad as well. Because back in the day, I don't know, years and years ago, 30 years ago, probably, he was a big golfer. He golfed all the time. And I was not interested in golfing. I, I don't want to golf. No. <laughs> Ruins a good walk. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> no. Now, uh, you know, I'm retired from teaching. I've got more time. We have, you know, we have a house near Myrtle Beach, which is known for golfing. And so I was like, you know, a friend of mine was like, you should start golfing. And so I told Chad, I was like, I think I'm ready to start golfing. He's like, no, you didn't want to 30 years ago. I don't want to do it now. And I'm like, what? That's not fair. <laughs> Maybe I'll become a golfer. See, I think my husband will get his own back on me, though, when he starts deciding to do um, intermittent fasting because he's heard someone recommend it to him. <laughs> not yeah, not me. He's not interested in doing intermittent fasting. No, but he's very supportive of it. He doesn't need to lose any weight. He's right. extremely slim. He's never been any other weight is got it yeah (laughs) and but he naturally he doesn't snack so he's never sort of been the kind of person who would be spiking their insulin all day so i think he just works with his body quite well you know Mm -hmm. yeah there's a, a graphic i think it might be in the obesity code or even in one of jason fung's blog posts or maybe both it's a graphic with the the traditional the way we used to eat and it shows like i think it shows your insulin on a graph and it talks about you know it shows how you eat breakfast your insulin goes up and then you it goes down because you are not snacking or having all those beverages. And then it goes above the baseline and then it goes below the baseline. And the baseline is like, you know, where you could potentially burn fat. Yeah. So you're, it sounds like your husband has that naturally yeah. 
that wave that just never got messed yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Whereas you look at what mine used to be, and it was like all up and down like the stock market, up, 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 up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like housing prices, up, up, up. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I, I mean, if you've never had a crazy way of eating or I could see how, you know, three meals a day if you're not snacking. Yeah. yeah. That could work. Yeah. So. He probably also doesn't eat a ton at a time, does he? Oh, I don't know. He can. <laughs> really? Chad does not. He'll eat like a little bit. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> He'll eat less lunch than I would eat if I was going to eat lunch. Oh, we, we do like our food. <laughs> yeah, I do. Lo- I love the food. <laughs> so running, is that it for your exercise or is that? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I did start Zumba at the very beginning, but then COVID hit and right. we, that got stopped. But I've loved Zumba in the past because that's not exercise, that's just dancing. It's just fun, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, Roxy is a big Zumba yeah. goer. She loves it. I think she goes every, like every day oh, or very wow. frequently she'll go. She loves it. It's her community. You know, she goes with their friends and they Zumba. And then I did get a vibration plate, which mm-hmm. I use sort of in between my running. I think that prepared me for running quite well as well. I think my legs were ready because when I've run in the past, I've always had really painful legs and I just haven't this time. So I don't know whether... That's great. So I think it might have helped with that. Yeah, the vibration plate is the only piece of exercise equipment I've used long-term. You know, I've bought things in the past, (laughs) you know, exercise bikes and... Rowing machines. Other exercise bikes. (laughs) I never bought a rowing machine, but, you know, I buy stuff. The one thing that stuck around, I had treadmills. Like, we bought a house, oh, wow. or not the house we're in now, but the house we had before this one. The lady who lived there before us had, like, a, I don't know, kind of like an exercise studio in her basement. She had all this Nautilus weightlifting equipment and two treadmills. Wow. So we bought the house, and it came with it. We thought that was a plus. She's like, we're leaving the exercise equipment. And I'm like, that is fantastic. I'm going to use Nautilus. Are you familiar with Nautilus equipment? I don't even know if they still make it. But it's those stationary weightlifting stations where you do your legs on one machine and your arms on another. Like they were very, very expensive. I think she had like $100,000 worth of exercise equipment. But you were definitely going to use it every day. Yeah, we were going to use it every day. (laughs) We ended up having to pay someone to dismantle it and take it out of there when we turned it into a rec room. And then it was suddenly a huge liability, and I understood why she didn't move Uh, it. Oh, thank you for leaving it. Wait, no. (laughs) Please don't leave it. She was laughing at you. (laughs) But again, that was me with with organized weight loss. I had big plans. I mean, not weight loss, organized exercise. Mm -hmm. I always had big plans. I was going to do it, and then I just get really bored with it. Yeah. But I have not gotten bored with the vibration plate. And also I have a rebounder, a yes. Bellicon rebounder yeah. that I jump on. Yeah. And I'm not bored with that. It doesn't hurt that I have to actually step on it to get to the vibration plate. Because <laughs> they're both behind the sofa. Oh, yeah. So I have to stand on the rebounder to get to the vibration so plate. Well so I'll just jump yeah, on it. Bounce, and look, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll get on the vibration plate. Then I have to bounce to get on off the other way too. So. I'm literally stumbling over, and I hula hooped the other day. I hadn't done that. I have for a, a hula while. hoop. I, I, it's one of those ones that's hanging in the sort of the, in the shed. But uh, I used to do that a bit. But I, I find it actually makes you quite sore. Your skin quite it does. sore, rather than mm-hmm. yeah. I hadn't done it in a while, so my waist was sore, and I can actually feel yeah. it now. I think I did it like two days ago. And I'm like, ooh, I should do that more often because it really is. I, I, it's fun. I'm really good at it. I did like 100 in one direction, then 100 in the other direction. And 
I mean, I can do. I have a weighted yes, hula hoop. Me I talked about yeah. it. Delay, don't deny the weighted hula hoop. Anybody who thinks they want a hula hoop and thinks you can't, a weighted hula hoop makes. Oh, a difference. absolutely. It just you think I can't hula hoop. You try it with what a child's hula hoop and you can't do it. Then you get that and you're like, oh, look at this. I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the key is to moving our bodies in a way that feels fun. Yes. Sitting on the, that weightlifting equipment, even though it was like $100,000 worth of weightlifting equipment, that one didn't seem fun. No. It wasn't fun. It was boring. And, you know, walking on that treadmill for me was not fun. Now, are there people who that is fun for them? Yeah. Well, it's like yeah, just like running. R- yeah. Running. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't think it was fun until that whatever it was just clicked and I just went, Okay, I want to run. And you were doing it for fun and you felt good in your body. Yes, that was it. And I think that's important as well. When you feel good in your body, it feels good to move your body. And it's so much easier to do it after you've lost the weight. This is the thing. So I didn't do, because obviously it was during lockdown that I sort of lost all of the weight, which is different to what most people did during lockdown. Yeah. (laughs) So I sort of... um, couldn't go out and do organized exercise and I hadn't discovered that I wanted to run yet so there was no Zumba or anything like that so I just lost the weight through fasting and then only yeah, and you lost about 50 yeah, pounds right yeah, I did yeah I was just doing some math yeah, in my head yeah. and it took about a year is that right well I'd take? say it, yes it took probably about a year to get to what I thought was maintenance and then I have continued to lose I didn't think I was, but it's only when you sort of see it on a graph because the weight goes up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. And then it's only when you see it on a graph and you see it may be going up and down, even the weekly weight's going up and down, but there's that downward trend. That trend yeah. is still slightly yeah, there. Yeah, so exactly. over the last year, I've probably lost six pounds, which, I mean, if you told somebody they were only going to lose half a pound a month, they'd freak. They're like, that's, that. that's not what I want to do. But that was after I hit maintenance. I, I lost that. <laughs> and that was when you weren't trying. That's why I wasn't trying weight. to lose Your any body weight. just naturally let go of some weight. Yeah. yeah that's the, the way it works. And you couldn't rush that. No, no. Or get frustrated. Your body has really done what it wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's really important. So let's talk about food. What do you like to eat? Oh, well, I have you to thank for Feast Without Fear. That's, oh, uh, I'm glad. I wrote that in 2017, and that one is – some people don't even know I wrote it I because know. I never really publicized it much and talked about it much. But I was very proud of that book because I learned so much writing it. Yeah. It just got – it sent me off on a journey because I read it and thought, wow, this is amazing. Of reading other people's – Tim Spector. I mean, Love and, him. Yeah, and I just – I mean, I've read – I've got both of his books. I've read – and I've read both of those. And it just made me think – so now I very much eat for – my microbiome. I do work very hard on that, but I will also eat whatever I want within reason. I have cut down naturally on the amount of sugar that I eat. I'm not sugar-free, but I certainly don't eat a lot of sugar. In fact, my tastes have changed so much that I don't like sweet things the same. Um, In fact, interesting story, I went out for a meal before I started IF to this lovely Persian restaurant near where I work. At the end of the meal, they bring you a little baklava, which is like this very sweet pudding thing. And it's very, very sweet. And I ate that and it was delicious and it was wonderful. We went there again just a few weeks ago and they brought out the baklava at the end and I had a spoonful and went, I can't eat this. It's too Because you were sweet. remembering how good it was. And, and it was, you were like, I'm going to eat this again. And, oh, and it wasn't what you remember. it was remember. so sweet. And I, it was just, so I was like, no, no, you're just being silly. So I had another spoonful and I was like, 
no, this is too sweet. I cannot eat this. And I pushed it away and everybody else at this. <laughs> and you also like accuse them of changing their recipe oh, or yes. something. Oh, you know, Pringles. It, like they definitely changed their recipe, I'm sure. <laughs> well, it's like me the first time I didn't like a, a Starbucks pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. And I had loved them. I like lived for pumpkin spice latte season and, you know, and like so many people, it was delicious. And then the first time after my tastes changed and I tasted one and it tasted like, I swear it tastes like bug repellent or oh, something. Oh, yeah. Like I can taste all the artificial stuff in it. And yeah. it's like, wow, my taste buds have really changed. Yeah. I the Pringles, because I, I love crisps. So chips. Mm-hmm. You probably call, yeah. Chips. Yeah, yeah. I still do love chips, yeah. too. I, I do. I love crisps. The UK crisp market is all about the flavours. Right. Oh, here, too. Salt and vinegar. Absolutely. And I still eat salt and vinegar crisps. I still love them. And But rather than eating the giant sharing bags to myself now, I will have the little individual bags. A little serving. Yeah. And quality matters, right? Yeah. And if I like, like, I will get, you know, if I'm going to get some chips... I'll get a bag of really high quality, like organic chips that are fried in, say, coconut oil. Oh, I'm not that good. Oh. <laughs> well, and, and it's just a whole different experience, but that you still have, they, they taste so much better. Yeah. But Pringles, I, I used to love Pringles. I used to be able to just sit and eat a, jo- you know, a whole thing of Pringles myself. And I had some, and I was like, oh, these Pringles are off. They, they're off. They're, they're not right. And then someone else, and they went, no, no, they're fine. They're no, right. this is how they taste. Yeah, this is, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, but they're just don't taste like food. <laughs> yeah. The first time my favorite pizza didn't taste right, I was like, they have changed this pizza. This is not what it used to taste like. And my whole family was like, um, no, this is how it always tasted. Yeah. I'm like, y'all are lying to me. It's not. <laughs> and we would order pizza every Friday like that from that place. We got it every Friday. Yeah. And for me to suddenly just no longer even like it was astonishing. Yeah. <laughs> so now my husband's like, do you want to order pizza? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'll make a pizza, though. Yeah. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500 500 we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets and Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
The only thing I w will absolutely not have, because I will have sugar and I will have that. I mean, I wouldn't have Pringles because they're horrible. But is right. I, it's I, not I, delicious. But I won't have artificial sweeteners now. That is mm -hmm. the one thing. And I know you're the same on that. I'm the same way. It's on my absolute no list because I can't think of any reason to. No, exactly. I don't enjoy drinking it. I don't enjoy, like, it's like with stevia right now. You know, I used to, like, be addicted to stevia. So I had gotten so used to it that I loved it and, like, craved it. Even when I would get one of those crazy, you know, pumpkin spice lattes, I would still add a little stevia because mm. I, something about the flavor of it, I was, like, addicted to it. But now I won't, like, if I'm getting kombucha, for example, a lot of kombuchas might add a little stevia in there. Yes. Yeah. Here, the bottled ones. And I always read the back and I'm like, put it back on the shelf if it's got that in yeah, there. Why? So, yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's not good. So yeah, that is that is on my no list. Is there anything else you just will not have? No, that's that's it. That's the mm -hmm. only absolute no. And then everything else is just try to to be good. I'm not low carb. I'm not right. anything like that. I am definitely less carb and less refined and I am really less refined yes carb. yeah and yeah. I am absolutely reducing the processed food oh, yeah. within there. and it's hard at first but then it, you actually it becomes just natural that you just it does that you just want food that is food you know like it's like today all the food I've had today has been food yeah, it's like actual food. Actual food. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah. cleanish, which will be out already by the time <gasps> this podcast comes out. Yes, I got I got the delivery date through for my because <laughs> uh, January fourth. Yeah, but that will be in the past when this podcast yeah. is out. But in cleanish, I talk about food versus not food. Mm. I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, Pringles are not food. No, I mean it's energy. It's a source of energy for the body, but it's not feeding your body. No. We need food that actually is feeding nutrients and, you know, the building blocks of a healthy body. And that all the stuff that's in real food is there for a reason. The fiber, the the micronutrients, the macronutrients, yes. the phytochemicals, all that is there for a reason and our bodies know what to do with it. But imagine how confused our bodies are when you put in Pringles. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They're probably like, what is this? Exactly. <laughs> and then they send the, you know, that wasn't it. That's not food. Send down something else. That's and that's it. why we're never satisfied. That is an important thing, the what it is that makes you satisfied. Because I know sometimes you have to find that thing in your window to close it that what right. is your body and i found it's usually cheese <laughs> oh cheese is so good that's very european right oh, closing your yeah, window yeah. with some cheese yes i love cheese <laughs> i would get a cheese plate when we used to go on cruises before oh, covid yeah. <laughs> and I am not going on a COVID cruise where you're all wearing masks and distancing. Oh, no. I'm like, nope, I'll just stay home just for wait. that. But yeah. no, eventually, I hope. But I would get a cheese plate for dessert. Yeah. Often on a cruise. Yeah. It's a really good way to close that window. Yeah. You just don't need anything else once you've had your cheese. That's, That's it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It just fits all those, yeah. you know, ticks all the boxes, right? <laughs> <laughs> So have you had any um, non-scale victories that oh, you think of to share? Definitely, plenty. The first one, very early one, I had a, a fungal nail, toenail infection. And you hear this one all the time. And it just cleared up. And it'd been there for years. And it just, I was just like, it's just gone. Where'd it go? Yeah. And then also I've always, my whole life, been prone to mouth ulcers. I think you call them canker sores in right. Yeah. We say ulcers. Though. Say that's I, my all. mother always said ulcers. Oh, right. So I was always had them, and then they were so painful, and I would have them almost all the time. You know, it was rare to not have one. I've had two in the since I've started. Oh wow! The first one cleared up really quickly. The second one, I think, I was a little bit run down, and it took a little bit longer to clear, but it was still so much better than normal. And that is a huge one. 
I was getting dry eye, but that was a new thing. That was since I'd put on weight, I was getting dry eye and that's gone. I was having, I have to whisper this one, bladder control issues. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, we, we women, we, we should find that. I mean, I started having those problems after the birth of my first son, you know, after having babies. And I was really surprised to find that cleared it up. It changes the pelvic floor. And I couldn't, yeah. and I, but it cleared up with IF and I thought, that's awesome. That doesn't make any sense. How does that make sense? But then I realized, but it probably was, is all the visceral fat was probably right. pressing down on my bladder. And once the right. visceral fat had gone, there was nothing pressing yep. on it. Yep, I've got no problems there. I, I also think that my vibration plate helps yes. tighten up the pelvic yes. floor. And I also think my rebounder helps. Yes, definitely. Because I can jump on the rebounder all day. And I, yeah, I don't have any trouble. You've got to and, hold it in. But I, I have in the past, yeah. but I haven't. It's been since before intermittent fasting. So I don't know how much of it's intermittent fasting, how much is just the weight loss. But I really think the rebounder and the vibration plate help. I then have had one huge one. I've had for many years, for about 20 years, I have a, a skin condition called granuloma annulari. Okay. And it's... What does that look like on it you? It looks like little rings of red dots um, and I've had it under my arms and in various places and it spreads and um, the doctors have no known cause and no known treatment so it's kind of it'll either go away or it won't and some people it becomes really disfiguring mine wasn't too bad at all but it just was spreading and it became embarrassing sort of under my arms it made me no- and it looks almost like a little ringworm yes that it does look like the ringworm. reason i know about it is because one of my sons has that no way really yes yes will my younger son the one he had a whole bunch of chemical sensitivities and i talk about that in cleanish and yeah, when he was little, he had this weird thing come up on his legs. Yeah. And we were like, what's happening? It was also when he was having a lot of trouble with his chemical sensitivity before we changed his diet. And the doctor diagnosed him with granuloma annulare, which I had never heard no. of. So there it was. And then as he got older, in his teenage years, he had it on his forearms. Yes. Like here, I, here and here I, on his I forearms. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had it there and there. At first, I was like, I think you've got ringworm. Mm. That's ringworm. And he's like, it is not ringworm because it would come and go and, you know, in certain times of the year. Like the fall, it would come back. Yeah. <laughs> and and I looked it up and it's his annuloma granulare. And I think, I believe it's connected to gut health. Yeah, I do too. I think there's a connection there because it has, mine, it's not gone. But it has improved so much that you wouldn't notice it. I can now wear sleeveless tops without noticing it. I have a patch on my hip that is stubborn. It's improving, but it's stubborn. And I think if I keep going and I keep working on my gut health, I think it's going to improve it. So, well, that's what I'm hoping anyway. And and on the gut health, I did because I've always always suffered from constipation sort of like like for years and that's better that's just better that's awesome and i did the blue muffins and did yeah, you and i was something crazy like 14 hours and it was like oh <laughs> uh, see i was fast i can't remember my number yeah. but it was really yeah fast. And i was like wow that's a lot faster because i was expecting it to be like days you know <laughs> and it was right like, oh 14 is good that means yeah. you had improvement yeah really in your yeah. transit time in transit time yeah. yeah so that was fun and then the the last one is skin tags. You okay. talk about skin tags all the time. Now, I didn't really have particularly about skin tags. I had a few on my neck and I had one, one on my boob. And uh, the one on my boob was quite big. And I didn't really think of it as being a skin tag. I thought it was just something that was there. And it was only when you were talking about it recently on the podcast. So I thought, hang on a minute, they've gone. 
And I hadn't even realized. And I went and had a look. You don't even miss them. Yeah, I, you realize, I went and had a look. You forgot yeah, it was there. I went and had a look. I went, no, they've all gone. The ones on my neck have gone. The one there's gone. So, yeah, so skin tags gone. And, and I know they're a sign of insulin resistance. And I right. didn't think I was insulin resistant because mm-hmm. I hadn't been overweight that long or anything like that. But clearly there's something there. So, so they've gone. So that's good. <laughs> well, that's amazing. I know that feels fantastic. So is there anything that you struggle with? Oh, well, I struggle with the, you'll hear this from, from most British people, tea is always going to be the okay. big one. I, you want to put some milk I in your put, tea? I can't drink black tea. Black tea is disgusting. I can drink green tea, but I cannot drink black tea. It's just not natural. <laughs> so I am, um, every morning I would have a cup of tea and it, my husband would always make me a cup of tea and it was I'm never going to do this. And it is why a lot of British people fail, I think, with IF. A lot of my friends who've tried it, I, go, I can't not have my cup of tea. But I was like, right, I've got to do it. I've got to have the black coffee. So I had the black coffee. And now I actually can't imagine having... I'd still drink tea. Oh, sorry. In your window, though. That's yeah. how I open my window. Every night I open my window with a cup of tea. And I often close with a cup of tea as well. So I have to get my tea. got to get my tea levels up. Your cuppa. <laughs> my cuppa, yeah. Right. My cuppa. Yeah. Got to have your cuppa. So got to put that kettle on. Well, good. You've found a way to make it work. I have. You're just delaying instead of denying. Yeah, that's it. And on my birthday, I had a very long window on my birthday. Well, actually, I had an up day because it was following a it was following right. a down day. I had a cup of tea in the morning, and I was like, oh, actually, I quite miss my black coffee. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I am proper over the morning tea now. Well, that's good, but it was hard. Is anything else? Is that the only thing? Uh, there's that- a couple of other things. This one is one I do want to share with people because they might see it. When I started losing weight on my legs. When the weight started coming off, it did not come off evenly. It came off in chunks. It was horrible. It looked like somebody had taken bites out of the fat on my legs. Oh, no. It it probably scared you. Oh, it was horrible. It looked like... Like, what's happening? Yeah, it looked like massive cellulite, like really, really big sort of chunks of cellulite and I was like oh my god I thought well they're getting thinner but they're not very nice I thought well I'll be able to cover them up at least they're thinner even if they're horrible and then it just all evened out oh god it's gone completely you know very quickly my legs are smooth I have no cellulite and it's just it's just gone but it is sort of warn people not to be scared if that happens because it is a is scary it can certainly be a part of the transition yeah and then the other thing was clothes buying clothes during lockdown is you know because i i needed smaller clothes so i found my son's clothes were actually a good source of them <laughs> so i started wearing my son's <laughs> jeans so funny. love it <laughs> well we are almost out of time what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started i mean the obvious is always the clean fast just right just it's a given that's the clean fast yeah and also my set realistic small but realistic goals but then finally my big one is you hear a lot of people say it's a marathon not a sprint and I don't know if you've ever tried running a marathon but they're pretty hard work no I don't want to be running any marathons so I say it's neither a sprint nor a marathon it's a walk in the park oh I love that that's that's way better (laughs) it might get you there a little bit slower but you're going to enjoy mm-hmm. the journey. Yeah, if, if I was going to do a marathon, it would have to be like a walking marathon. Yeah. And I would need a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that is really good advice. Well, Joanne, I have really enjoyed talking to you today. And thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. 
you have an intermittent fasting story to tell, email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Hey, listeners, it's Will Arnett. Our podcast, Smartless, has crossed a milestone that seemed unfathomable when we started nearly four years ago as we've just released our 200th episode. Join us as we welcome that dynamic duo of hilarity, Steve Martin and Martin Short. You've seen them on screen together in The Three Amigos, Father of the Bride 1 and 2, and most recently, and Only Murders in the Building. Both are comedic geniuses in their own right, but together they are always electric. And this episode of Smartless is no exception. I don't know if I've laughed more in a single episode than this one. We discuss their career arcs both separately and as a comedy team, how they met, who is more difficult to work with, and what motivates them today. Is Steve a better banjo player than Marty as a singer? Find out on this bicentennial episode of Smartless. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Plus, you get to hear Sean cry. What a loser! 